Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 186. We had a discussion that we're thinking of for this week. And now, given some news topics that have come out, it seems more prevalent than ever to talk about recastings. So in a long overdue <laughs> sequel to another podcast episode that we did of recasting the MCU with DC actors, we're going to re recast the DC universe with MCU actors, just for a fun little exercise. And also, the DC universe, if you know and maybe love, might be gone forever soon. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Josh, how you doing tonight? I'm chilling like a villain, my dude. Um, still reeling from the news WB just dropped, but you know, well, like literally just dropped when we used to, maybe an hour or so before we started recording. Yeah, um, yeah, it's crazy. I'm. I don't know what's going on out there anymore, man. <laughs> you watching anything? Um, this past week, actually, um, I'm, it's not a new movie to me, but my mother was like, let's watch a movie together. And I was like, OK, uh, with my dad and I. And I was like, OK, mom, have you have you ever seen Shawshank Redemption? And she was like, no, I've never seen Shawshank Redemption. And like my like you know you know, you you know, know my mom Josh's yeah, mom like, the one who just loves happy movies and absolutely. happy endings the happy yeah, movie that is Shawshank Redemption. So that was the selling point. I I was like, mom, this is about a guy who gets basically sent to jail for life for for something he didn't do. And there's a lot of the movies about what happens in the jail, but I can guarantee a heavy a happy ending. And she was like. Okay, well, as long as you can have guarantee a happy ending. And I was like, cool. And so she, she like halfway, like she did pretty well. She was like, I think up until right, like I think the second to last uh, sister's attack, she was like, this has a happy ending. Like, this is like, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, bro, I like I to me like that. That's when I knew she was hooked. That's when I knew she like, I was like, oh, she's going to love this. And like I watched her at that final reveal at the end of where uh where Dufresne went and um I was like watching her and he throws the, the warden throws the thing at the the at the statue at the at the um poster and it goes through and her face was like what 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 and I was, I was like yes this is the best like it has been so long since I've gotten to see someone experience that movie for the first time and I was like oh yeah that was that was that that pretty much made my week um and I have made a commitment uh, outside of that. I've, I've made a commitment to going back and rewatching and finishing this time uh, Lovecraft Country. Because I know that um, you had said that like I it got really, really, really crazy and weird like four episodes in. I mean, it was already crazy and it's weird. It's called but, like, Lovecraft Country. It is, absolutely. Um, but I never finished it. And I was like, you know what? That's, that's not fair. Also because there's an actor in that, sh that, that show that uh, I particularly love. And um, he's going to be important. Yeah. Just, uh, just a little to, at least to the MCU <laughs> in two of our topics today, he's involved with tech. That is very of. true. So that is very true. What about you? You watching anything about us? Uh, I was going to say, I didn't watch any movies, but that's not true. Last night, I saw my third showing of Top Gun Maverick. I took someone that <laughs> hadn't seen it before. Me and another friend were hyping it up to him. And he's just like, fine, I'll see it. Uh, he's on the younger side. So we get out of it. And as that Lady Gaga song starts playing at the end, he's just like Drake and Josh as they get off the Demonator. He's like, 
what was that? And I'm like, that is what we call a movie movie. And he's like, I like movie movies. It's like, I told you, words cannot describe Top Gun Maverick. I'm sure you'll like it if you watch it at home. But the butthole-clenching rush of seeing it in theaters, and having seen it three times now, doesn't get easier to watch of just like, oh, I know everything's going to be okay. My heart. Heart! Everything's going to be okay! You can calm thyself! <laughs> calm your anxiety! We've seen this multiple times! We know what's happening! <laughs> Hangman will eventually show up Han Solo no, style! I, I wish he didn't, jeez. Hangman does show up! and he will, I know, I know, I know! I... And he will eventually show up in a Marvel or DC movie. It's just a matter of time. He's got that chin. Um, <laughs> he does. DC makes movies? That's crazy. Mm, they won't for much longer. Um... <laughs> But more importantly, I watched the new documentary series on Disney Plus called Light mm. and Magic, which is a six-part, hour-long each episodes, which is fantastic, not like Mandalorian, like half an hour. They're all an hour-long episodes about the history and the basically the story of Lucasfilm's industrial light and magic dating back to the first Star Wars movie, that first team that worked on that all the way up to the Mandalorian and everything in between of like the model work, um, how they built stuff, John Dykstra making the Dykstra cam, um, all the way up to the invention of CGI with like the abyss and Pixar and how mm. that kind of phased out certain jobs and how that kind of split everything into two camps. I was watching almost the entire show with the most childish grin on my face the entire time because I love seeing the early creative process of things like that raw unrefined era mm -hmm. because I'm not saying I'm on the same level, but anybody that's been involved with any form of video production knows you're going to suck when you first start doing stuff and realizing that the original star Wars stuff, one of the most iconic movies of all time was not as polished as it, the movie turned out to be. They're just like, we don't know how to do this. All right, we'll just call in some engineers, some woodworkers, some carpenters, and we'll just throw the thing together ourselves and make it ourselves. And any creative knows the process of, well, I don't know how to do it. I'll just finagle some stuff and I'll make it myself. And I'm just going, I, it, I've been there before. Or the guys talk about growing up, I just loved movies. So we, I would make just stuff with low budget stuff that my parents would give me. And I'm like... We were there in college. We did all kinds of <laughs> random stupid that looking back probably was terrible quality stuff in college, but you're learning and you're developing your skill set. And I'm going, I love the creative process of seeing people build and realizing that that original industrial light and magic team was just a hall of fame class of people that would go on to like huge things in the industry of John Dykstra creating the Dykstra Flex, basically the early generation version of the Steadicam, which Halloween, mm -hmm. uh, Star Wars came out in 1977. Halloween came out in 1978 and heavily used the Dykstra Cam in that opening tracking shot with Michael, young Michael Myers. Or you have Phil Tippett, who would years down the road be involved with um, Jurassic Park and had all those memes about him being the dinosaur supervisor. Um, or this, that, and the other thing. I'm just like, oh, I know that guy. I know that guy. He's important for doing that or that. Also, they show George Lucas throughout. And it's cool for them to not glorify George Lucas. Like, he's still presented as a heavily creative and uh, inspiring person. But they're also like, 
Yeah, he wanted us to get to digital as quick as humanly possible and was also a bit of a perfectionist that drove us all insane. Uh, and so that they still kind of sugarcoat George Lucas, but show more human side when fans kind of just bash him for mm -hmm. this, that, or the other thing. And we've been guilty of it all the same. But this shows, like, even from the very first Star Wars, his brain was, like, 30 to 40 years ahead of everyone else's in terms of this is clearly the direction that movies will be going. I just want to do everything in my power to get us to that point. And so... Mm -hmm. If you're even remotely interested in movie making or like Star Wars or anything behind the scenes stuff, Light and Magic is one of the greatest documentaries I've ever seen. And also, it's created by the same guy that wrote Empire Strikes Back, which I was like, oh, just, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's, because that, I remember you texted me a couple of days ago about it. And it's, it is, I literally went and at right, right away and added it to my watch list. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there eventually, especially if the hour episode's a little daunting, but you know, it, it should be worth it. Absolutely. I think once you start that first episode, you will get sucked in very, very quick and see some echoes of things that we've done in the past going, I don't know how this works. We'll figure it out either way yeah, and we'll absolutely. clean it up later. <laughs> like for those who don't don't know like when we first started doing the podcast it was literally like i didn't have wi-fi at the time so i literally would park my car by my job and then use their wi-fi and then also didn't have a mic so i would like call in on like a like a like a yeah. skull candy headset and like hold it up and like oh dude those those are the 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 bad days. Those were Those, the dark. There times. was no advanced planning. So basically, from the idea of the podcast to the first episode of the podcast was maybe about three to five days. So like yeah. the time it takes an Amazon delivery to get to your house was probably longer than our actual planning process, and it probably showed for those early episodes. But uh, yeah, you can listen about that in a coming episode that we've got for a big for a big anniversary. But Josh. Enough about us, our our narcissistic selves as two almost 30-year-olds making a podcast. Uh, you ready to get into the news? Yeah, let's do, let's do this. As Josh said, with so much happiness, clearly yeah. in his voice coming off this news topic. And understandably, I'm very conflicted. <sighs> the upcoming Batgirl movie starring Leslie Grace, J.K. Simmons, Brendan Fraser has been canceled, not put on HBO Max, not delayed to a later date has been out and out canceled by warner brothers discovery mm. oh boy supposedly the statement that came out was warner brothers didn't see it as a big event film going forward and they want dc movies to be event films so i am mixed here i am absolutely bummed that this is not happening as i've been on record many times of i thought this background movie was going to lead to many uh, things as we'll dive into now that i'll just go full spoilers on everything that i heard about this movie um mm -hmm. which i actually believe but this was clearly meant to set up a whole bunch of different things i'm wondering if this got the kibosh because after the flash they will hard reset everything and this yeah. was kind of a loose end um I th I'm wondering if this also has something to do with people. Supposedly there was test screenings and people liked it, but were very confused by it. Of like, why is J.K. Simmons Gordon here, and why is um, why is um Michael Keaton's Mike Batman's yeah. back? Uh, like, you need to see the Flash to understand this movie. It <laughs> this is annoying because. 
Batgirl as a character can work, but at the same time, I somewhat can understand Warner Bros. decision here, kind of, of it hasn't come out yet. It's still going to be a $70 million plus loss for them. But if they want to just clean slate, start over, I get it. Now, where does this leave things going forward? I'm not sure. People are immediately going, uh-oh, are the vultures circling Blue Beetle? I think more so than they were a few hours ago, but I wouldn't say Blue Beetle's completely dead just yet, and here's why. Blue Beetle had a confirmed theatrical release almost from the get-go in pre-production. Batgirl, they never out-and-out stated it. We heavily speculated on it. It seemed very likely that it would be a theater release, but they never specified that it would be. So maybe they have more confidence in Blue Beetle. I also think Blue Beetle might still make it to theaters in that it doesn't seem like it's dependent on other DC movies mm. first. Yeah. There is no Michael Keaton Batman. There is no J.K. Simmons Gordon. So Blue Beetle might still be able to survive just off the fact of it being a standalone, a la how Shazam has fallen through the axe cracks. Gotta say that very carefully. Uh, it's fallen away from the chopping block, so to speak. That sounds a little mm -hmm. better. Uh, because Shazam has been so isolated that when they mentioned Superman or mentioned Batman, you can kind of slot in whatever Batman or Superman is currently in your continuity just right there. So I maybe Blue Beetle still survives. I think other projects... If they haven't already, we'll get the axe of Zaslav soon, whether it's the Green Lantern Corps TV show. Um, that we haven't heard about in forever. Yeah. The Nightwing movie that's supposed to be There's spun no out. Nightwing. Yeah, no. at this right now. Uh, but Josh, <laughs> Batgirl's canceled. Immediate yeah. thoughts. I mean, yeah, it's it's scary. And it's especially somebody I know you were really excited about the possibility of Dick Grayson showing up in this in this film. Um but like, I think I'm more nervous for Blue Beetle now just because I was really, really still am really hyped for for Blue Beetle. Um, at the same time, I can understand as excited as, as weird as it is to axe a movie that is basically done filming um, and just as in the post-production now, um, as weird as that is, I understand now. With that being said, does this mean that Flash is definitely definitely going to happen? Or does this lean more into the, uh, well, maybe, we, maybe we'll, we'll cancel it or maybe we'll redo some stuff or what have you. So, like, what, I wonder what all happens in in the Flash film that to make it so that, okay, cool, so we don't want to do the Marvel thing where it's a required viewing. That's great. I I appreciate uh, Discovery Warner for doing that, of not, like, making sure that, like, these are event films and not that, and not, like, hey, like, you, in order to understand what's happening in this film, you have to go see these other two films. I It's one of the things that you and I have griped about within the MCU lately, and I think it's it's a very smart move um to to go with um for for dc for the dceu going forward uh i, I just it just kind of sucks and I, I, it's going to be a loss financially no matter what they do at this point uh so i, I completely understand why anybody would have kind of a adverse reaction to this um i don't think that this means that batgirl will never show up ever again i i i think that the, the 
the important part here is that this movie specifically has been has been canceled not batgirl in in general i think discovery is aware that you have to build a foundation in order to tell certain stories and i i i applaud them for unfortunately making the tough decisions now if they just would cancel flash and just because i don't think you need to restart completely you just say now that was the snyderverse we're doing something different now i I don't think you need to have a have a movie to to let to make that happen yeah heather found the news out uh when i came home and i told her i showed her some videos that were explaining everything and she wasn't too happy either because she likes the character of background she very much asked the same questions that you i and a lot of other fans were asking of how is this dying but flash isn't allowed to live of like yes the flash mired in controversy almost from day one with numerous script rights numerous directorial exits even before the ezra miller situation that gets to stay but batgirl no production problems, moderately priced budget. That gets the axe of Zaslav. So supposedly this was going to be like a movie that was going to springboard other projects. There had been talk for a while, not confirmed, but some heavily speculated stuff that Robin would be referenced and a tease for Nightwing potentially in the end credits would set up his own standalone spinoff movie. The other cameo supposedly was Black Canary setting up a Black Canary movie using uh, mm-hmm. the same actress from Birds of Prey, which might have even led to a Birds of Prey, uh, a uh, Black Canary movie with Oliver Queen slash Green Arrow. Um, I don't see that happening now anymore. Again, this is this sucks. And I hate it about 70%, but on 30%, it's I understand that this is a very hard decision, and maybe they are just scrapping everything. Henry Cavill, Superman, Ben Affleck, and Michael Keaton's Batman. After the Flash, they're just like, all right, we're wiping our hands of this. We're moving on. We're starting completely fresh, because as we'll talk about later, I think maybe some other leadership that's come in is going, okay, you've got a whole bunch of stuff going on right now. Just shut everything... Shut everything down like IT style, turn it off, turn it back on again type of thing. Um, <laughs> if anything, I feel bad for the people involved with this because yeah. like this potentially could have been a big break for actress Leslie Grace. But most importantly, and what I'm most pissed about, you are taking away a prime Brendan Fraser performance. This was supposed to be the Frasioning. He's got this. He's got a Martin Scorsese movie coming up. Why would you take the beautiful Brendan away from us? I'm genuinely (laughs) pissed because I was so excited more so than like, cool background movie. That's awesome. But to see Brendan Fraser finally start to make a comeback. That would have been so cool. So I know they're they're like, we still like all the people involved with the project and we're hoping to use them elsewhere. You damn well better because Brendan Fraser, he don't deserve to be screwed over like this. I don't care about anybody else in this movie, but Brendan Fraser deserves better. Doom Patrol's great, but put him back in the spotlight where he belongs because he got screwed over enough. Yeah. Yes, I will defend our boy Brendan Fraser to the death because he's a beautiful human being and this should have been the catalyst for bigger things. And I guess it's yeah. just part of the business. Do you think that this is the start of bigger cuts? And do you do you think they pick and choose or are they just completely blank slate going forward? 
Unfortunately, I think they're going to pick and choose because I, I think the thing to go with here is to go completely blank slate. But then, how far back do you do your trimming? Does Aquaman two get the get the axe? Does Black Adam get the axe? But like, you know what I mean. So like, why why would do we stop at Flash and like everything after all this all these really cool projects? That I mean, I, I hope they still paid everybody involved. Like, better. To, to, because if if they did the, if they put all this work into it, and it, it's literally just like the movie's almost done, and they're like, "Nah, sorry, we're gonna axe this." Well, I shouldn't phrase it like that because that's definitely not the the it, I, that doesn't seem to be the motives going behind the Discovery Warner decision to cancel this. But it's I don't I just I hope everybody gets paid. I hope that. They do, in fact, use these characters elsewhere, and it's not just like, all right, cool, peace, guys. Thanks for coming and trying out, because um, I would love to. I still want to see this Batgirl. I still would love to see um, an updated Michael Keaton Batman. That was, still interests me. And I, I, Like you said, a Brendan Fraser playing Firefly sounds super rad. I just... I want to see that. So we'll just, we will see. I am not really a hundred percent sure if uh, where they're, they're going to draw that line. There is, I will, I think would remit, be remiss to say that I kind of hope flash gets the ax. I would like it, but it might be too expensive for them. Yeah. Agreed. So going to keep on the weird DC news and this dropped before the Batgirl thing, but I don't think it's nearly as complicated as the Batgirl thing. And that is that, Batfleck is coming back for Aquaman 2. Now, a lot of people are scratching their heads about this. And I actually don't think it's nearly as complicated as people are making it out to be. But it's interesting nonetheless. So supposedly, and I think this all but confirms it. Supposedly, Michael Keaton's Batman showed up as a quick cameo at the end of Aquaman 2. But... That was back when Aquaman 2 was the final film on the current DC docket mm -hmm. after The Flash. Now, due to some scheduling reshuffling and also, you know, just horrible behavior by one scumbag human being that has led Warner Bros. to try and completely ignore The Flash. Um, now Aquaman 2 is coming up before The Flash. So I think this is not complicated at all. I think this is just... It would not make sense timeline-wise at all why Michael Keaton's mm -hmm. Batman would show up to Jason Momoa's Aquaman and be like, Hey, bro, we need help. You want to get nuts? Let's get sea nuts. Hmm. Yeah, okay, sure. Sea nuts is a thing. Yeah, uh -huh. sure. Put that uh -huh. on a t-shirt and wear it. Uh, but <laughs> I'm losing my Kill train of thought. Today, buddy. I'm losing Kill my train today. of thought real quick with sea nuts. But Josh, while I mentally recover from that image... I so here's the thing is I can totally see that that's the re that's the only reason they're bringing him back I can totally see just to replace that uh that cameo um what could have been interesting is when they reduced a certain person's role uh because uh um, Ben Amber Affleck Heard is playing had, Mara uh, what if but what if Batman is there instead of Mara a Batman Aquaman adventure sounds super cool to me. Not, no, I'm not saying. No, 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 no. I see your <laughs> that, face. That is some I'm Tumblr not stuff right there. That a, I mean, let the bromance continue, I guess. But like, still, 
Like, what would I'm the not ship saying name for Batman that be? Batman. Just Batman? <laughs> Aquabat. <laughs> Aquabat. Uh, actually, they're, they're, the, the Aquabats are a fantastic punk band. Why does, uh, but, why does the Aquabat sound like a rescue hero vehicle? I'm going to take the Aquabat to save the citizens. I would buy the heck out of that toy. Only because it's uh, the, the rescue heroes. Yeah, and um, Rip Curl but, has to pilot it because he's the surfer bro. Bringing out but the rescue the heroes the knowledge day, this week. We're gonna have to like one day like pitch a rescue heroes movie just because like just do for the case of it. Tempt me with a good time. And, and like, like, dude, I'm serious because like that could because we did that with a Fantastic Four film. Of Fantastic like, a rescue off. heroes movie. Get Tom Selleck as Billy Blazes. The Rock is Rocky Canyon. <laughs> yeah, no. Jessica Chastain is <laughs> Wendy Waters. I could do this all day, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, we we haven't done a pitch off in a while, and it could be fun to do a rescue heroes one. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, with that being said, um, regardless of of the scale of his role of getting coming back, it like you said, like it, because of the schedule reshuffle, it just makes more sense for Batman Batfleck to be there. Um, it would be even more confusing if. If Battenson showed up, um, that would be super weird. George super Clooney's confusing. Batman shows up. Yeah, so we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I think at this point, I'm just ready for this movie to come out. Um, I think we really haven't gotten like a full length trailer yet for it, right? Like we've yeah, got it's a little ways teaser. Off. Yeah, but still, I mean, I yeah, it's whatever. It is a thing that that's happening, and um. Uh, DC is a mess right now, unfortunately, and uh, this is just adding to it, I guess. It also kind of makes me think, if you're going through all this trouble of bringing back Ben Affleck for a supposed cameo, maybe it's more than just a cameo, because if it was just something that would be like, hey, man, I'm about to step into the multiverse. You want to come along, Morty? Um, I think... <laughs> they wouldn't have gone through the trouble of getting Ben Affleck. I think this is a more substantial thing. Like, if it was just a cameo to tease something down the road for, like, the very next movie, mm -hmm. that potentially probably could have just been cut. Like, post credit scenes very rarely are shot super late and don't overall contribute. They're just... <laughs> Post credit scenes are literally the clickbait of movies. Like mm -hmm. at least they are now. They didn't yeah. Stick around, you might find out something cool about the next one, and we all still sit around like the trained monkeys that we are. Uh so maybe this role is more significant. Uh mm -hmm. I just I think this is an interesting direction, but again, DC's in a really weird state right now. I think the best way to describe DC is every year at Christmas, you got that big ball of Christmas lights, like Christmas vacation. <laughs> David Zaslav's going, you done goofed. All right, we're going to make a mess, but we're going to untangle this somehow. At least that's that's what I'm hoping for because I choose to be an optimist, but I'm. this is confusing me a great deal. I agree. Uh, the the thing I, I... The only hope that I have outside of the top topic we're going to talk about here next, here in a second... Um, is if they went with the Justice League Unlimited approach and did a giant event movie with everybody and everybody's just there and you're just and like, no oh, explanation. Okay, cool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and just start it with a Martian Manhunter invasion and then just dovetail it from there. The team is led by Metamorpho. Ooh. <laughs> so Josh had some optimism and I, I tend to share this optimism. 
when it comes to DC, it's in a weird state right now, but it could be just because of the new management with David Zasloff and everyone else kind of sorting out the mess. Well, there's no one to better sort out messes than sounding the horn of Gondor. Alan Horn, when you don't know what to do, you just do what the New York Yankees do and steal the top talent from some other team. And that's exactly what Warner Bros. has done by more or less stealing away the former Disney head of films, Alan Horn, to be a quote-unquote consultant for Warner Bros. Discovery's film division for the interim, which they never specified what the interim is, but given that Alan Horn is... Let's just say he rode dinosaurs to school back in his day. Uh, I don't think he'll be in this consultant position for very long, but long enough to help set that ever-important foundation that we talked about with the Batgirl story. I think this is excellent news. I also kind of wonder if he's factoring into the Batgirl decision, or if that was a purely David Zaslav thing. Alan Horn was a brilliant head of Disney films for live action. He was basically the one... That say what you will about the Star Wars sequel trilogy, but that was a huge financial success for that. Um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he helped oversee that. He very much was just give the creative control to the creatives and tell you when the projects will would work and what doesn't. He was a good head of the company. What's better is before he worked for Disney, he worked for Warner Brothers and oversaw the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the Dark Knight trilogy. This dude has been in the industry a long time. He is a very smart man. And David Zaslav hires smart people for the right role. So I think while Warner Bros. is incredibly frustrating now, especially with DC, I think it is just a dump everything out on the table, dump all the puzzle pieces, everything else. And we got to just get everything lined up and sorted to go forward. Because for the past decade or so, ever since, if we're being honest, ever since like Green Lantern 2011, DC has just been kind of spinning their wheels in the dirt without actual any forward momentum. They're just like, all right, this is the one. This is the one. We've got a plan now. And then when one movie doesn't do well, they completely change course and they're still spinning that wheel. I think they realize, oh, we need to get this wheel unstuck first before we can get some proper momentum. And that's when you bring in, you just shoehorn the the wheel out. Boo! Boo this man! I mm, okay, but also like uh, uh, I just want to say that you know it'd be hard for Warner Brothers to steal Alan Horn from when he Disney was retired. And, yeah, where they they haven't been using him. So well, he you know, left. Is... He left when he saw that Chapek was going to fire him because. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Alan oh, Horn. Alan Horn was a Bob Iger guy, not a Bob Paycheck guy. <laughs> Bob Paycheck, get out! I of refuse here. to call him nothing get, else but that and Mr. Get. Clean. The 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 ball the balding uh beauty sure let's go with that. I was about um, to say, are you okay calling somebody that? No, I'm not. Because <laughs> I thought we were just gonna call you the balding beauty here and Bob Paychecks whatever else. Sure, yeah, let's go with that. That's Josh's um, former wrestling name. Yeah, 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 yeah. The balding beauty. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I think this is a great this is a great choice. Um, I like you and I have been saying uh. It, they need somebody giving direction and with Zaslav is obviously doing like a good job as far as trying to figure out how to clean up this mess. But, um, 
more hands make for easier work and to bring in somebody like Alan Horn to help sort this mess. Absolutely. Um, that just, that works on so many levels. He's got prior experience with, with Warner brothers, but he's got also prior experience working with the, the so far the best, <laughs> the best phases of uh marvel cinematic universe um so we'll see what happens i i i hope that nothing but good things come from this obviously i think you and i while we do see this as something very positive um we're at least i'm emotionally uh preparing myself for a lot of stuff to get the axe and potentially to not get any dc movies for the next couple years just while they sort this out um i wouldn't be surprised if alan horn at some point was like cool so these movies are going to come out and then we're not going to release anything for two three years two three four years just to kind of get our how do i say this uh, get, get our feet in the ground really get a plan going but also kind of let everybody else chill out uh while the potential of disney and marvel to sh- really r- ram their their uh marvel studios into the ground uh story-wise uh then we can start to plan doing our stories and uh, our and show how we are different see and the, the, i keep saying show how we how we are different but i don't want that i just want i want i don't know how to describe it i don't Direction. want something yeah because like D- dc is always at least in their films, tried to be like, look, we're different than Marvel. See, see, but like in a lot of ways, they don't need to do that. And I, I think being too aware of the, uh, the IP market in the writing of your movie just feels weird to me. So I, I, I hope this ends up being a, a good thing. Um, but I'm tentatively waiting to see the results of it. Yeah. I think something also, people especially fans of the property need to really understand is i understand that we really really want change within dc and i fully believe it's coming but with anything any form of big change it can't happen overnight i think people as soon as like david zaslow for alan horn were announced in their respective positions people were like oh fantastic everything out of dc going forward now will be we'll set the record straight and going that's not how things work because they are inheriting problems. Like if you get dumped something yeah. at work, that wasn't your project initially. You got to figure that out first before you can do your job going forward. And I think that's what we're running into here. We already had the same thing with Disney when they acquired Fox. Of they had, uh, what was it? Um, Dark Phoenix was already in production. I don't know if that went. That came out around the same time as the merger, but that was already a thing when those discussions were happening or New Mutants that got delayed and delayed and delayed. That was an inherited problem for DC, mm-hmm. not, not for Disney, for Disney, not DC. So David Zaslav, Alan Horn, I'm not saying current DC is a problem, but in a certain sense, the disorganization absolutely is. And so I think... It's like pulling out a splinter. Some parts of it is going to be painful, but in the long term, it probably needs to happen and take a step back and just see the bigger picture. The the first problem, the first way to solve a problem is to admit there is one. And I think 
that's been the case for a lot of DC. It's just like, well, if we keep doing this, it'll eventually sort itself out. If we just keep throwing darts, eventually we'll hit the bullseye. And sure, we've had some bullseyes. Uh, the Batman is outstanding. I love Aquaman. Shazam, while it may have not uh, super lit up the box office, I think Shazam is one of the best superhero movies ever made. I love Shazam. Wonder Woman, the first one, not the second one, is an absolute triumph minus the <laughs> final act. Uh, DC has done some stuff really, really well, and if we want change for the better, it sucks to hear, but sometimes you just have to be patient, because any form of big change is not going to happen overnight, so I think we need to come back to this a year from now and see what Alan Horn has done, what David Zaslav has done, if they are just continuing to cancel projects and only, like, one DC movie comes out a year... Then, okay, we can go, eh, I don't like where this is headed, but I think right now they're still just trying to get a lay of the land, and that's not something you can do overnight, especially when you're setting up studios, like they're supposedly setting up DC Film Studios. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. However, with you, what you just said, like, only one DC movie out a year, honestly, if they're doing, a, a, like, a an event kind of movie so like say they they do one one three hour dc film a year i'm i don't hate that idea uh maybe i think it kind of depends on what the content of the film is and stuff like that but yeah i, I th at this point in the dce we are definitely like all right cool so uh we'll just uh hurry up and wait we were just gonna sit here and chill out we're dc fans we're good at waiting by now Hmm. <laughs> so switching from dc to marvel finally um i'll just be honest we have a decision by kevin feige that i am 100 percent questioning right now so kevin feige really? was recently asked in an interview uh, about the fantastic four and he said that fan the fantastic four movie won't be an origin and when we meet the team it'll just go into the action he says people by now have know the origin, know the story of the Fantastic Four, and so we'll just go right into the action. I actually vehemently disagree with this. Of people may remember the Chris Evans and the Michael Chiklis movie. I hope to God people don't remember Fan Four Stick because that was awful. But just because people may know the name Fantastic Four. I don't think the general population is familiar with the Fantastic Four origin like they would be a Superman, a Batman, or a Spider-Man. Those origin stories are more or less modern mythology of your grandmother at least has heard of the origin story. They know how Spider-Man got their powers. They know Batman's parents basically die and that sparks him to do whatever he does. If you asked random person on the street or asked your non-comic book barely watches more than five movies a year parents what's the origin of the fantastic four i don't know if they'd be able to tell you it's just jumping straight into it could be risky like yes we've seen those 2004 fantastic four movies enough that i can vaguely kind of loosely tell you what the power set is of the fantastic four and how they got them with their cosmic rays and everything else i don't think this is a smart choice then again <laughs> on the flip side of that, though, in somebody's story pitch for how a Fantastic Four movie could work in the MCU, <laughs> uh, I didn't treat it as an origin movie either. That being said, I expected them to be introduced 
it's someone else's movie first. And that, from commentary, he says, it doesn't sound like that's going to be the case. I think the first time we see the Fantastic Four, as a cohesive unit at least, will be in the Fantastic Four movie. There's some rumors that we'll get some other Fantastic Four members or villains in other projects before Fantastic Four, but this is one that I think an origin would have been helpful, especially to put the MCU stamp on it. What is the MCU's version of the Fantastic Four's origin as opposed to what this version or this version is like? What makes this version different? I'm with you. I want to say that first. I'm with you. I think an origin, especially for as much as as important as they are to the uh, the comic book lore and especially Marvel's lore, they do a lot of the stuff that happens in in the Marvel universe is because of the Fantastic Four or some actions by of, of Richard Reed or what have you. Um, with that being said, Spider Man te- technically doesn't have an origin story, but I was about to say. Technically, Spider-Man does not have an origin story in uh, Captain America Civil War. But you get enough context clues of when you could do the things that I can do, and then the bad things happen, they happen because of you. So you kind of get the sense that something happened. But also, people know Spider-Man's origin. They know he got bit, (laughs) and Uncle Ben died. In true comic book lore, no one stays bad no one stays bed. No one stays dead except Peter Parker's loved ones. That's the rule of thumb in comic books. But uh, uh, not even like not even that because it's it's just it's just Uncle Ben because they brought Gwen back in a different dimension. So there's that. True. Um, but yeah, no, I I think it's a interesting move. However, very revealing to me at least. Because if that's what Kevin is thinking about the Fantastic Four's origin story and being like, nah, everybody already knows that, that explains a lot about the, the especially phase four of like, no, 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 they'll get it. Don't worry. Like, yeah, yes, he's, he's also made that but you're statement. making your product less accessible or that like the the wall of the, the, the door of entry has more locks on it now. I it just. I, I want as much as you and I, regardless of what they do with the film, as far as like origin story wise, we'll probably end up really liking it. But then at the same time, I want to be able to like take my dad or my mom to go see this movie and not be like, okay, but first we have to watch some of these other stuff, or I have to send you a wiki link or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, I, I wish I'm just hoping that the, the the door of entry isn't as big and it isn't going to be something that ends up steering people away because as much as i love uh comic book movies i i want to be able to share them with people and not just like have to over overly explain everything so our last news topic this week started as one thing and then (laughs) divulged very very quickly into something completely different and much more interesting to say the least so a supposed drago spin-off movie was announced and sylvester stallone threw a very large hissy fit and shared some um i'll be honest frankly disturbing things on social media josh i don't know if you follow him on instagram yes. 
Um, no, not on Instagram, but I, I watched the Campia cover. It wasn't cover so of the much story. that because even Campia didn't cover it fully. Uh, I don't know if he deleted off of Instagram or whatnot, but like when Sylvester Stallone was tweeting about how pissed he was, he was like showing pictures like of Erwin Winkler like biting the decapitated head of Rocky and saying like this is a they're parasites, they're terrible, or like Erwin Winkler literally murdering someone and some fan fiction. Like it got super what like, in the world like really really dark and grisly and i'm going dude they're trying to make a rocky movie that doesn't involve rocky you've already done that twice now with creed um i'm gonna say the unpopular thing here i'm glad this thing is happening as soon as i saw drago spinoff if this was a few years ago i wouldn't be that interested but coming off the back of creed 2 i don't care if this is about ivan or victor Supposedly it's about Ivan, actually. I don't care if it's about Ivan or Victor. I'm 100% on board for this because of how they presented the Drago family as a whole in Creed 2. I was like, you naturally set up a storyline without sequel baiting that made me interested in this story. What was it like for Ivan after he lost in Rocky IV? Questions I never thought I'd be asking. I'm actually interested in that. And then Sylvester Stallone, for a while now, has very publicly wanted the rights to Rocky. Which I, I get in a sense, because you helped create the first one. He's like, I want to leave something behind for my family. Money. You have <laughs> millions upon millions of dollars, Stallone, that you're getting in social media fights with a 90-year-old man who you have now worked with for eight yeah. movies. You're like... He's milking the franchise. Really, you didn't have any complaints when you did the seven other Rocky <laughs> you, sequels. You've made, yeah, you've made six Rocky movies, bro. What is wrong? And he's only with you? just Shut now up. milking the franchise. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. And I'm sure, like, if if Creed hadn't turned out to be good movies, they would have been milking the the milking the franchise there too. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I. You know what? I'm with you though. Like, because of Creed, the the events of Creed two, I I'm very interested in Ivan and Victor's lives. Like, I'm there's like you said questions i never thought i was asking and sylvester is using this as an opportunity to be like uh hey give me the rights please but like on social media so it's like me being like hey yo government you took my money give it back please on like my facebook like that doesn't matter it well, just makes you, you know everyone's got those baby. relatives though i mean i hear you but that doesn't make it okay it's just like dude shut up i i i want to preface this with saying like i don't hate stallone like I, I, he's no, a great I love actor the Rocky movies and stallone absolutely and like there's a good chunk of movies that he has been in or produced or directed that i have really enjoyed not many of them are, are the rambo films but still um i just shut up dude like you're that's like if you're this is how you want to handle this situation this is not how you want to say stop stop will smithing all over this uh, all over this um like just just stop dude i it comes whatever. across I, may, I want this movie to happen it comes across very petty of i get that supposedly they didn't approach him to be involved with the project i get that because he like they just want to do it without rocky that's fine he didn't throw a hissy fit when they made the two Creed movies, and maybe that's because he was in them himself, but just, like, it kind of just seems, like, bitter of, well, I'm not in this one, so I don't want this thing to happen. It's just, like, let your buddy, let Dolph Lundgren 
have his own movie to star in. He showed he is more than capable as an actor in Creed 2. Um, let the young actor that played Victor have his moment to shine. He's awesome in that. He's awesome in Shang-Chi. I think that kid's got a bright future. Um, this just comes across super, super petty on Stallone's part that almost kind of comes out of nowhere because by well not comes out of nowhere his his spats with schwarzenegger are infamous supposedly they're buddies now but like it's the whole reason i feel like it was stop or my mom will shoot he only did that because he thought schwarzenegger was taking the part or something like that one of those movies mm-hmm. that he got tricked into doing it so i guess there is a history of stallone being petty but like the language and the vernacular that he was using on social media was just honestly disturbing of just like ramblings of a crazy old man, which I mean, Stallone is kind of getting up in years, but just like you want to build the Rocky universe, but you don't at the same time. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Stallone. I get that Rocky is an allegory for your own life, but it (laughs) sucks to say you don't own Rocky. I'm sorry. You don't. That's just how life works. I'm sorry. If you want you could buy Rocky, save up your money, and buy the rights to it. You are a grown man. Do things the right way. Don't complain on social media. Like, I I don't get his logic. I'm just, I'm just laughing at the idea of somebody telling Stallone, like, if you want the rights, just save. You're halfway there already anyway. And it's like, well, yeah. like It's like me telling somebody, like, hey, hey, kid, if you want that lollipop, save your allowance every week. Like, come on. Well, I don't uh, like, want to now because you I told me. I don't want to now. <laughs> but, yeah, I feel you. It's just, it just it seems so petty and stupid. And, like, for him, him and Dolph to be apparently friends, but for him to go out after Lugger like he does on on like he did in those posts it just doesn't make sense and it's just it's just stupid and I just hate it now for the movie itself like that that's something I actually want can you imagine I don't well you probably would be difficult to do with like deep fake and whatever else like show the immediate aftermath of Rocky 4 of what happened to Ivan of like how brutal would it be to see him get kicked out of his own house or whatever or again and then, like, his Again, wife leaves right. him. Like, y'all, Creed 2 did such a good job of establishing the Dragos as sympathetic characters, which is insane because he's the most cliched, over-the-top, blonde 80s villain in Rocky Four. which, you know, huh, I wonder who directed Rocky Four, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> so maybe that's why he feels like he has ownership with Drago, but it's like, um... Sly, I love you, buddy. But how is it that Drago as a character became better when someone else was directing him and writing crazy. for him? Wow. Wow. I, 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 I like Sly. I really do. But at the same time, <laughs> you're coming across so incredibly petty that you don't want others to succeed. Whether it's Erwin Winkler, whether it's Dolph Lundgren. I don't want Dolph to have his own movie. Why? Because it's a Rocky movie I wasn't invited to. How dare they have a party without me considering I bought the drinks. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just stupid. It's stupid all the way across. I I'm just over it, dude. Just shut up, Sly. Like, and I love. I think my favorite part about all of this is like everyone's like, Sly, stop. We love you. Don't do this. He's he's the grumpy old man now. He's the grumpy old man in the back. Now. This week's episode is sponsored by T Public, your one-stop shop for all things Uncharted Media merch, whether it's t-shirts, hoodies, notepads, stickers 
magnets, whatever you want with the Uncharted Media logo or other fantastic designs that we've got. And also, if you haven't already, subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube. Help us get to 700 subscribers before the end of the year. And we're making good pace, but you can help us get there so we can talk about Dark Jar Jar by the end of the year. Now, oh, I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, please let it happen. Now, for sequel time. So, we did this before with MCU actors. So we're going to flip it this time. And do recasting the DC extended universe, the DC universe, so to speak, with MCU actors. So flip it on its head, flip it down, swip it, switch it, and reverse it. I'm white, so I, I don't know that the, those lyrics are how to properly execute that. But Josh is Mr. Hip Hop. He can explain it to you some other time. Yeah, uh, Josh, I I, we have heroes, villains, and other. How do we want to approach this? And also, we'll, we'll put the caveat of we tried to get all the key players in the dc universe all the main heroes most of the main villains and most of the main supporting characters but we have not covered everybody um and also with the mcu actors that are available it has to be mcu projects both movies and disney plus shows that have already come out nothing like future projects and no one from like the marvels that hasn't been seen yet before it has to be actively Actively active, <laughs> quote unquote, actors, actively active actors. Oh boy. Uh, within the MCU currently, if they were to hop the fence, so to speak. Uh, and yep. also they cannot be character. They cannot be actors that have roles in the DCEU already. So like oh, that was, that was hard. That was like the hard Idris part. Elba, who was, you know, Heimdall and Bloodsport. Yes. Great stuff. And like, yeah, it's just, this was a lot of fun. And like you and I, I had texted you a couple of times. So I was like, Hey, so, uh, uh, is, is no way home kind of a backdoor kind of, I know it's a technicality, but can, can we bring in some of those people, even though technically they're not in quote unquote in the MCU? Like it's just, yeah. So that it, this was fun. I don't know how much there's like some of these that like, I put a, put somebody there cause I needed a body there, but like, I just didn't, some of these I didn't love my choice, but I didn't really yeah, have any, like any one or other two choices. I don't love. The rest yes, of them I'm absolutely. like, oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So do we want to start with supporting characters? Yeah, let's get let, let's <laughs> let's lock those ones. We'll out do of supporting the way. characters, we'll do villains, and we'll end with heroes because that's what I'm sure people are waiting for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my lowest lane. <laughs> I have Florence Pugh. <laughs> oh, I forgot about her. She How was... could you forget about Florence Pugh, bro? Come on. You can't Pew, Pew. Pew, But yeah, no, I just... The lowest lane is hard because you have to, unfortunately, cast her based off of who you have, have as, as Superman. As Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> um, but like... I actually casted my Superman like because of my Lois Lane, just because like I would love the idea of a of uh, of a Florence Pugh like being this really feisty reporter and just like to me that's where my brain went right away, and then I casted my Superman later. But like it was just I was like yeah, that's that's that Florence Pugh is my Lois Lane. So that's funny. I'm kind of on the same path of you, but not quite. I went with the other Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson. Oh, as interesting. Okay. Lois Lane. I think the way 
and I get um we'll preface this. I tried to get it as close to the how they're portrayed currently in the DCEU. So I was kind of thinking along the same lines of acting capability of an Amy Adams or how they're presented. So like when I get to Batman, I purposely went for an older actor, not like a Robert Pattinson, because that's how they're yeah. currently presented in the main timeline. So what I was thinking with the Amy Adams little thing, I was like, Scarlett Johansson is a really talented actress that's portrayed many different types of characters. She absolutely has been that tough, strong-willed character, doesn't back down from anyone. You could have also put her in more of the physical demanding roles, like a Wonder Woman probably could have worked. Um, but I don't know. I think she also strives with dramas, which there's always mm-hmm. a lot of drama to the character of Lois Lane. Like, she's great in Marriage Story. Uh, she's great with just her voice and her. I think Scarlett Johansson's a great actress. Lois Lane? They could be a great Perfect. choice there. Yeah. Um, next on our, our list, we have Alfred. Um, I He was a little harder, I think, to, for me, just because... I. Y- the guy I casted ended up, I was like, wow, that's really just, that's, that's, that's uh, dark Knight right there. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I got, I went with Stellan Skarsgård. I was wondering if you'd do that. Now yeah. see Alfred, my first person that I picked was Batman and then a couple others, but Alfred was one of my first people that I thought of. And Josh, I think you'll be very satisfied with this. So Alfred uh-huh. is, is British. So you got to get an old school thespian in here. Yeah. What about Thor's dad, Anthony Hopkins, who played oh, true. who played uh, Odin in all the Thor movies? Well, the first three, so to speak. Yes, he's very different physically than previous Alfreds, but I get this warm grandfatherly vibe from him, at least in his current movies. And I think that could be a very different take that could still be a lot of fun. And yet he can also still be that very sassy Jeremy Irons type Alfred that we've seen or the Michael Caine type sass. I think Anthony Hopkins could be a really, really interesting Alfred. He's got that gravitas to him that you kind of need for Alfred. And I think he just, he'd be a lot of fun. I think now here's where I might get a, a little, controversial in terms of the, this one okay Car- harley was really hard to for me to same do, to, same i it, and that's part part of that i think is because um robbie uh, margot robbie has done such a fantastic job but also Kay- kaylee coco has done a fantastic job as mm-hmm. well um so it was it, this was actually really really hard for me who did you end up go, going with so I'll, I'll preface this by saying i love this actress but if anybody has issues with this I'm not like sticking to my guns like I will with some later ones. I I just think it would be an interesting one. I just couldn't think of anybody else. Karen Gillan, aka Nebula. I almost went, went I almost went. My with only her, question yeah. is I don't I don't think I've ever seen any movies of her where she shows the more manic side. I've seen her be comedic yeah. in things, but I've never seen her like go completely bananas and just berserk in a movie like totally wacky i've seen her be goofy but never wacky and you kind of need that wackiness that margot robbie doesn't like fully embrace but that's she has like a restrained wackiness she goes bizarre from time to time she does it the perfect amount margot robbie's perfectly cast as harley quinn but Mm -hmm. within the marvel bubble i would like to see karen gillen kind of flex her her acting chops a little bit and kind of embrace more of the goofy because as an actress she's phenomenal she's one of my favorite actresses out there I'd just be curious to see if she can pull off that wacky or goofy stuff. 
No, I I completely agree. Um, I think the thing um, that was really hard for me, like like you said, is just having somebody that could come come up with the manic side of it. Um, but and I'm I'm gonna feel so bad because I cannot pronounce her last name to save my life. Uh, but I ended up going with uh, Palm Clement. Oh, Clement uh, Yeah, the 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 woman that plays Man- uh, Mantis. The and that was more because her stock photo is something that I was like, yeah. I could see that as Harley. Absolutely. Like, yes, let's go with that. Okay. So, uh, but like, I'm kind of saying with you is that like, because of Margot and because of Kaylee, like it's really hard to picture somebody else in those roles, which is a problem I ended up having with a lot more of these characters than I thought that, that, that I would. Well, also piggyback off Palm. I think she would be a good choice because, um, both her character of Mantis and her personally, whatever you see in the interviews, she's very bright and bubbly. Like, she just seems always very enthusiastic about everything. She just seems like a very enjoyable person to be around. And you need that kind of bubbly expressiveness with Harley, as well as the manic, I will kill everyone you know know and love because you got my order wrong at a McDonald's type of thing. Mm-hmm. Which oh, I absolutely. absolutely see that doing, Harley doing that. Um, Next up, we got Mera. Because we're anxiously awaiting a recast or a, a, just a death of that character. Um, I have my first, oh yeah, she was in the MCU of Heartless today with Game of Thrones is Natalie Dormer. Y'all, y'all remember that one? Uh, Marjorie Tyrell from Game of Thrones, also known as the woman that hit on Captain America in the first Avenger, uh, Captain America, the first Avenger that like kisses him in the lock in the whatever area. And then Peggy was like, oh, and shoots him after he makes out with her. Uh, this is more based off of her skill that she demonstrated in Game of Thrones more so than her, albeit very, very brief cameo in Captain America. But I think there's enough there. Uh, you could have also maybe swapped in Karen Gillan here, too, because natural redhead, that could, that could be a thing. Um, just anybody but Amber Heard at this point, really. Yeah, just anybody, I guess. Fantastic. She really is. Um, I actually think I might prefer that. <laughs> like, I mean, and not just like everyone, because everyone Amber, forgets it, who Marjorie Tyrell was in. Yeah, MCU, it, just it, like Tommy uh, Lee Jones. She's fantastic. She's really great. Um, I ended up going with Zoe Zaldana. Um, hmm. given, I think, and I'm, that's one of those ones that, like, I'm actually pretty like confident about. I actually really like that decision. Really? Um, okay. I do. There's something about Zoe that I think Mer- Mera needs. It's a little less of a prim and proper, like, uh, <laughs> as interesting as 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 white bread kind of thing that that Amber Heard brings to the to the role. Uh, but I think Merrick has the potential, has the potential to be so much more interesting. And I think Zoe's absolutely the woman to do that. Obviously that's not possible right now, but, uh, although, and like, even like, uh, unfortunately too, I was very much like thinking about it in the scale of, of the, the scope of what the MC, MCU, not MCU, DCU currently is. And I was like, seeing Zoe play opposite of, uh, <laughs> of, of who um, your Aquaman is. No, of like our current Aquaman of Momoa would be like, I mm. actually really like that. I was not ready for, for to be emotionally attached to that. But all right, here we go. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got, oh, 
Oh, it's one <laughs> of the ones that I'm the most proud of, of just like, oh, yeah, connect these dots. It's super easy. Barely an inconvenience. Um, <laughs> we have the Suicide Squad's Captain Boomerang. And to me, Jai Courtney was perfect casting. And that is a sentence I never thought I would say about no, any movie starring Jai yeah. Courtney. But I think there's one person that could have done an even better Captain Boomerang. Chris Hemsworth. Interesting. Okay. Because I think you absolutely need that really, really thick accent for Captain Boomerang. Because even when you read the comics, they write in the accent for the character. Captain Boomerang's got a sense of humor to him. And Chris Hemsworth, as much as we did not like the humor in Thor Love and Thunder... He still has a very good comedic bone in his body. He's got a lot of great comedic timing. He's a very naturally charismatic and funny guy. I think Chris Hemsworth would be a great Captain Boomerang. I cannot, I cannot do an Australian <laughs> yeah, look, accent. Like, yeah, I love how you. I, I, I'm going to give you props. You, you did the accent. It's terrible, uh, but you stuck to your guns, and that's what's important: <laughs> is being consistent. Um, I saw an opportunity. And I took it. My Captain Bam Boomerang is Tom Hardy. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm just now making the connection. That Tom Hardy fits into this qualification by the skin of its teeth. You're like, yeah. Spider-Man No Way Hope? I guess that technically can count. post credit scene for a movie that... Good lord. Technically, you know, I was like the bartender from that post credit scene could be Aquaman, you know, because he was in Ted Lasso. <laughs> it literally is like the skin of, uh, like, I Good saw that. I was like, that was the real, that, I, that was the, when I asked, when I texted you that, that was the first reason why. I was like, can I find a way to get Tom Hardy on this list? <laughs> Good grief. Like, you just want Tom Hardy to read the phone book or do like a one man show of okay. Lion King, though, where he plays all the parts. And just... I will say I, I did a I did a joke list at, at first about this and just put Josh Brolin for everybody. <laughs> Josh Brolin for Wonder Woman. <laughs> Basically, yeah, he will but show yeah, up but... eventually, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think we've got it's the same guy. It, it's hard to not have him on this list on Josh Berlin on this list. But um, next up, we've got going with Rick Flagg. And I'm very curious as to who you ended up going with for your Rick Flagg. I almost used him for Superman, but I used it for Rick Flagg instead. And I think he fits perfectly for Rick Flagg instead. Chris Evans. Interesting. Okay. I think Chris Evans because of his Captain America, has that presence of, I can command authority, but at the same time can be, as we've seen in, like, Knives Out and the Gray Man, can be a little bit of a schmarmy little douchebag when he wants to be. Not saying that Rick Flagg is that all yeah. the time, but he's clearly just had it from time to time. Like, in James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, like, okay, no, we're not going to kill him for not washing his hands, but that's not an excuse for you not to cover your mouth. Like, come on, man. Like, I, I love <laughs> that version of Rick Flagg, and I can absolutely see that being Chris Evans, because Chris Evans could be the serious, he could be the funny. I think Chris Evans could really, really chew up the role of Rick Flagg, and also still be sad when he dies, too. <laughs> absolutely. I like, I, I like, 
I, I'm glad we went with other because we're really like this is showing me the, how different our lists are going to be. And I'm really excited about it. Oh, yeah. Um, I ended up really going with uh, Sebastian Stan for Rick Flag. I don't um, have Sebastian at all, despite wanting to. <laughs> that that was a thing that like I, I ran into was like, I really would love this to have this guy on this list, but I really can't find a reason to have him on here. But uh, for Sebastian Stan, yeah, absolutely. Rick Flag. I mean, Rick Flag and uh, Winter Soldier are basically like they're very similar in character. So, you know, why not? Go big or go home. Um, I just also want a more Sebastian Stan in our lives. And uh, I hope we get that going forward. I'll be honest. Um, I don't have any Sebastian Stan, but he was also one of the few names that I was considering for Superman. Superman was one of the hardest people for me to dude. cast. Uh, and I'm not 100% of the person that I did end up casting, but I was like, Sebastian Stan, I could see it. But also, I could absolutely see him being a Rick Flag. But also, I could kind of see him being Steve Trevor, which is our next one that we'll talk about. The love interest of Wonder Woman that has died more times than Kenny from South Park at the rate we're going. Um... Uh, Chris Pine really, I think, nailed the character so much so that they felt bad that they killed him in the first one just to bring him back in the second one because the movie desperately, desperately needed him and they probably should have just put him in the modern time period. Anyway, so you need someone with the same level of, for lack of a better term, the same level of sex appeal as Chris Pine because let's be honest, <laughs> Chris Pine is a very handsome man and I'm pretty sure that's part Whoa. of the reason why he was cast as Steve Trevor to Especially begin with. Especially with, with the, the look he's got going right now with the long hair. Like I know I said it really? last episode. Like the, but like the weird cult leader look that he's got I going am, for Don't I Worry don't Darling? Why. I, I'm digging it, bro. Like it's it's cool. It's really cool. Uh, who did you, who'd you end up casting for Steve Trevor? Funny thing is, you're currently talking about long hair, Chris Pine, because most of the time, Bradley Cooper's got long hair. I go Bradley <laughs> Cooper, Steve Trevor, because he also has that sex appeal, but also like charm and charisma. Um, the movie that Josh and I will forever sing his praises that's criminally underrated is uh, Joe Carnahan's The A-Team, in which case mm. I can absolutely kind of see that version of uh, face being a young steve trevor um mm -hmm. maybe a less disciplined but a rogue ops operations military man that will kind of do under the table things to get the job done i think bradley cooper has proven himself to be a phenomenal actor in recent years i think he could be a really really good steve trevor and work off gal gadot incredibly well or also you know who i've chosen for wonder one who naturally can't be gal gadot um, Wonder Woman was actually the one of the first names I picked, though, that we'll talk about later. Yeah, I, it was funny. I, I struggled with her at first, and then like I thought of a name and went, "Oh yeah, why didn't I think of that before?" Okay, um, uh, my Steve Trevor, and you're gonna laugh when we get to Wonder Woman. Um, I've got is Tom Hiddleston. I, I feel like Steve needs to be like just as charming and clever, but show that like he belongs to ha hanging out with Wonder Woman, and it's not just like. A pity project and to me tom hiddleston does that very well um i also like was trying really hard to not do a uh put him in like orms role either because while he would fit there i would i just don't want him to be in like another loki situation <laughs> bradley cooper was almost my orm my first name for orm was was bradley cooper i'm like eh, i'll go with something else that I like just as well, but I Bradley Cooper, he's about to be available because I don't think we're going to see this Guardians without James Gunn moving forward. 
Now, yeah. let's move on to the villains. We got our main villains. So we've got Man of Steel's General Zod. We've got Batman versus Superman's Lex Luthor. We've got the Suicide Squad's Joker. We've got uh, Aquaman's Orm and Black Manta, with as well as Deathstroke as our main villains here. Um, Dr. Savannah. Sorry, he, he left like no impact whatsoever. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Insert Christopher Eccleston. Get him redemption from Malekith. Have him be Dr. Savannah instead. Why not? Um, we'll start with General Zod because that was Man of Steel. First one chronologically. We'll just keep going. We'll save Lex Luthor for last because, oh, I nailed Lex Luthor. Um, this guy. Yeah? Okay. Oh, you know. <laughs> oh, you know. The Lexplex. Um, yep. That, that needs to be a wrestling. That needs to be yeah. a wrestling movie if it isn't already. Uh, General Zod, I went with an actor that's that's famous for playing bad guys, but also famous for playing cold, calculating, just downright evil characters in Mads Mikkelsen. Okay, interesting. He's got this authoritarian presence to him, but also terrifying. Also, if Mads Mikkelsen was I will find him or kneel before Zod, like any of those iconic lines, I think I would buy it a lot better than Michael Shannon's weird screaming that he did like the I will find him like that never worked for me I just thought that was so goofy but if you get like a Mads Mikkelsen with his like stone face just completely straight face I will find him and I will kill the last son of Krypton and rise my people from his ashes or something like that of like, I can yeah. absolutely see Mads Mikkelsen being a phenomenal Zod. Now the question is, can he pull off a goatee? Because I will not sacrifice General Zod has to have a goatee. That's non-negotiable. Well, you know, uh, my pick definitely can pull off a goatee. Uh, to me, General Zod definitely needs to exude that soldier uh, kind of energy. Uh, so uh, I went with our boy, Frank Grillo. Uh <laughs> I don't know. I don't like how I said that last last name, um, but yeah. So, oh no. So, I have Frank Carrillo too, as Deathstroke. Interesting. Okay. Frank Carrillo has already proven himself to be a great like assassin type character, as he was Crossbones in the MCU. Also, uh, Mads Mikkelsen was Kaecilius, the villain in the first Doctor Strange. We should probably say who some of these people are as we're oh, like a third of the way through uh but yeah. <laughs> frank grillo was crossbones in captain america's civil war and winter soldier completely wasted villain maybe you can bring him back oh he kind of blew up but bring him back for thunderbolts dang it uh but also more importantly because we never mentioned this movie at all in the podcast he was in warrior dang it and everyone in warrior <laughs> was perfect and deserves the best from life and frank grillo is no exception but also he looks like he's killed someone in his life like i just buy Absolutely. that I, I mean that in the nicest way possible frank please do not kill josh i'm clearly safe um <laughs> i love how you're not worried about him killing you but he's nah, gonna man. kill me all right, nah, all right frank and i are tight we're good we have an understanding Ah uh, yes, of course. But that's a, but that that that's exactly the reason why I have. Why did I sound? I sound like Porky Pig there. What that? <laughs> that, 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 that. <laughs> um, that's why I have him as general. That's all Zod. for now. That's all for Josh now. <laughs> that's that, that 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 that's all, folks. Um, 
yeah but like i can just see him having his boot on superman's head screaming like neil before zod absolutely that 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 has uh frank grillo written all over it it's the bottom of a sh- of his shoe called a grillo pad anyway um so if frank grillo is your deathstroke i guess i have to to to, to let you know that josh brolin is my is my deathstroke oh which is, that's where you picked the the brolin card yeah which is i'm very surprised that he's not there for you because to me nope. he just like he fits so well as deathstroke the funny thing is throughout this josh and i kept saying wow there's there's a lot of places that josh brolin could fit josh brolin as an actor it's just he's like he's like the free space in bingo he could really just slot anywhere and he's the free pass of like he could have been this he could have been this no i think josh will like where i put him later but he is deathstroke related um but i could see him as deathstroke he he strikes me as a grumpy old man especially after seeing dune um, yes combine dune with cable in deadpool 2 and Okay, yeah, I can see that. That that could really, really work. Absolutely. Now, moving on to Black Manta from Aquaman. I think Yahya Abdul-Mateen did a fantastic job, albeit he didn't get as much screen time as I would have liked, and I think that's primarily because they're saving him for the sequel. That being said, Black Panther's M'Baku, Winston Duke. No way! Let's go! Winston fo- Duke all the way! Do we finally have our first match? Yes! Finally! Go! Winston Duke, baby, in Baku. Like, literally, like, from his his role as in Baku to, like, his stock photos, I was like, yeah, like, that looks like Black Black Manta to me. Uh, Gosh, so cool. I'm so, like, I love, I I like that idea a lot. And also, like, if he's going head-to-head with Aquaman, who is a demigod, basically, Let's be honest, Winston Duke is an absolute unit. Like, oh, absolutely. I'm kind of sad that he's not the one fighting Michael B. Jordan in the next Creed movie. But then again, Creed would not last two rounds. Like, it's a good thing Killmonger fought T'Challa and not M'Baku because that's a much shorter movie. Um, oh, absolutely. We like T'Challa. <laughs> well, I mean, T'Challa did beat M'Baku, but... He ran out of space. Like, he, he knocked him off a cliff. I think M'Baku probably could have won that. Winston Duke is great. He's got... If you need him to do a little bit of the humor, he can absolutely do that. Winston Duke has proven to be a phenomenal actor. So, oh. That's that's nothing to take away from the phenomenal actor, Yahya Abdul-Mateen's work as Black Mets. I'm excited to see what he brings to Aquaman and the Lost yeah, Kingdom. he's absolutely he's terrifying. And the costume's only getting better for the second one, so I'm even more excited. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Orm, I I can guarantee you Josh and I will have different people, I would think. So Orm, the half-brother of King Arthur, so to speak, from Aquaman, the one in the fantastic purple and silver suit. I went with another MCU villain from a movie that I really do not like, but it's an actor I at least enjoy. I believe he's in the same age range as the actor that originally played Orm. Captain Marvel's Jude Law. Okay, yeah. I had him on my on my picks for, for Orm as well. Like your final pick or one of no, your no, options? No, 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 no. Okay. Just one of my options. Because like he just like I love Jude and he's got like that kind of look. He's got one of those like resting faces that looks like he just despises you and that like you are so below him. It's uh, it's so great. It's I love Jude Law. He looks like the he looks like the type of person. 
that's an actor that's been forced to sit in the worst press interview for the past five hours and just finds the one person that just asks the same questions over and over again is the one interviewing him next and he's just done with the day that's just his eternal bad guy face granted he was not great in captain marvel but i attribute that to how many writers were on that movie that didn't need to be there uh who yeah, is your orange absolutely. pick though i ended josh up brolin going with... again <laughs> josh brolin again uh no i ended up going with jake gyllenhaal okay because it's jake and he's fantastic <laughs> I I wanted to put Jake on here and he he's just so good and I, I feel like I think of his Nightcrawler character and how schmarmy and kind of like devilish he could be there but like also I feel Jake uh, like if we can combine his Nightcrawler character and uh, his Prince of Persia character I think like perfect one right there like absolutely and then eventually to like I wanted somebody who could be evil as kind of but then also like later down the road see him actually like fight alongside um our aquaman i think of, it just would be cool and just it's jake it's it's jake chilling on man come on <laughs> well about that jake gyllenhaal time because jake gyllenhaal would be my ideal pick for the joker interesting okay i have wanted this forever ever it's funny you bring up um nightcrawler because his nightcrawler is a few hair dies away and one bad chemical accident away from being the joker already that man is a psychotic narcissist like his nightcrawler is so creepy and unsettling he's got the phenomenal range to be charming but dark when he wants to be um like nightcrawler he's got that charmingness but also um, Mysterio in Far From Home, he can charm mm -hmm. you and then stab you in the back the very next minute. I thought he's a perfect Mysterio. Uh, he's great for that. I think he'd be an absolutely phenomenal Joker. Now, are you going to use the No Way Home loophole again to bring in our boy Willem Dafoe as Joker? I am not. Yay! Originality uh, this I time. I felt like that. I, I just I felt like that was too easy, and I I didn't. I yeah, don't, don't think I really went again. with any any layups here. Um, I for Joker actually went with Jonathan Majors for for my Joker. Really? I there's something about his portrayal of Kang in in the Loki series, and just like the way that he carries himself, and I think there's a part of me that just that's really attached to that, that animated show, the Batman where he has the dreads and just, I feel like, like Jonathan majors just screams like an, just an evil dude. If he wants to be. And I think like he definitely shows it in that entire scene as Kang and in, in, in the Loki series. Absolutely. Um, and we will absolutely be seeing more of him as Kang. And I'm really excited about that. And I think there's a level of darkness that he could bring and really like charisma, charisma to the Joker that would be really terrifying. Like, And there's something really cool about have someone that's not white playing the Joker as well. I, I, Doesn't I don't know. matter. He's got white face paint anyway. Yeah, exactly. So like, there's something cool about it. I don't know. Now, the question is, who's your Lex Luthor? That is a big question. And I did. I actually ended up going through like two or three di like different picks because there's. 
weirdly enough, a lot of really good bald headed dudes that could be that could be Lex Luthor and that are currently in the MCU. But I eventually went with Paul Bettany, who plays Vision. Okay. Um, Very different I, than mine. Yeah, I there's something I, I I I love him. I love that he is a guy that I think his his monologues could could easily easily be extremely manipulative, and he wouldn't need to threaten you by yelling. Um, it, it, it like every, everything that Lex is and it is in the comics. I can I feel like we can get through Paul Blatton, uh, Bentley. Jeez, um, Paul Bentley. <laughs> Off brain vision. <laughs> Uh, but I just feel like that to me at the end of the day, that that was the, the most that like the best choice. Now he is one of the ones that I'm not exactly like sold on. Like I'm definitely open to changing my mind on that, but like, it's definitely like, I think putting him there is a good choice regardless. So my first pick that I was going to go with was Mordo from Dr. Strange to Chiwetel Ejiofor. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's got that presence. He's got that great, powerful voice. And then the answer just smacked me in the face going, oh, how did I miss this? Josh said he's not going to do layups. I'm terrible at basketball, so I'll take any layup that I can get. There's only one option for Lex Luthor. Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. my God. I don't care that it's just Kingpin 2.0. Yes, please, because he can be fake pleasant when he wants to be the only thing is i kind of like when lex luther isn't as like big and hulking as like kingpin he's just like an average build because it's a human that's not afraid to basically go to war with a god he's just got a regular physique if he's super biggest i don't think as powerful uh but vincent d'onofrio is a fantastic actor i think he brings so much gravitas to lex luther and as you've seen with kingpin can be an absolutely terrifying bald man and yes with ulterior motives i think that would be fantastic and to see him butt heads with superman of a man with uncompromising morals versus the man that has no morals i vincent d'onofrio just makes sense to me uh, and then some people will be like well what about what about bending a cumberbatch he, he'd be a good one i'm like no have and we, honestly, have he we was society not society in... moved past the Benedict Cumberbatch fan castings yet, please? Have we replaced him with Tom Holland officially for, oh, he should be casting just about everything. He'd be a great fit for whatever we need him in. <laughs> I, yeah, like ben, Benedict wasn't even running for, for, for Lex. I honestly, I don't think I've even thought about him for anybody on this list. And that's not his fault. Like, it's just, I think you and I discussed this before. Like there's some parts, especially now that we're moving into the heroes side, of things uh they're like all of these characters like have weird uh like restrictions and qualifications that somebody has to have in order to play these characters and there's a lot of mcu characters that kind of they can fit those molds really well but not the ones in the dceu so it's like so moving into heroes obviously to me there's only one that i'm not like crazy about uh and unfortunately it's my superman but yeah we'll, we'll get there when we get there yeah i'm not crazy about my superman either but i, I went with what i went with um for my shazam oh baby let's go i initially wanted for many years john cena because he had the physique he already had that like child i don't want to say childish humor but could have that manic expression that is required of a grown man child 
That being said, I think Zachary Levi is absolutely perfect as Shazam. I'm looking forward to Fury of the Gods. I really, really love what he brings to the table. You need someone that's basically a grown man-child, but also still has the physique, which is why for my Shazam, I'd go with Chris Pratt because All I right. get very, very similar Zachary Levi vibes from him of the, the understated comedy performer that started off on TV, whether it was Chuck with Zachary Levi or Parks and Rec with Chris Pratt that got themselves in ridiculously good shape for a superhero movie with Shazam or... On a technicality, Chris Pratt did not get himself in shape for Guardians of the Galaxy. That's a common misnomer. He got himself he got himself in shape for Moneyball, one of the most <laughs> underrated movies of all time. Uh, but Chris Pratt, I think, could absolutely do that incredibly well for Shazam. He's already just just like how Zachary Levi already kind of is Shazam in real life and just a grown man child. Chris Pratt is also just a grown man child if you have mm-hmm. not watched the parson wreck bloopers and tell me that that is not a 12 year old boy stuck in a 40 year old man's body of <laughs> yep put my pants on camera we all love a good comeback story no um, no <laughs> that's i think my favorite See, blooper that's not what um, makes me laugh it's aubrey plaza slapping him before he finishes the joke because she knows where it's going yeah absolutely oh my goodness that's so slap. good um for for those who don't know you should definitely go check out the the parks and recs uh bloopers they're fantastic um (laughs) i know what you thought i I was going with that but yeah josh Uh, i went when it's some uh kind of a different direction honestly i i did i did keep like the kind of the charm but like the silliness the potential silliness of a man child um i went with michael b jordan I, I, there was something about that that really sung with me. What? What are you laughing at over there? We have a trend tonight of whatever yeah. Josh picks just happens to be my next person. Love it. Because Love it. Michael B. Jordan is my cyborg, but we'll get into that in a little bit here. Nice. Michael B. Jordan is Shazam for you, though, Josh. Oh, yeah. Michael, like, uh, there's something really, really cool, I think that adds a layer of of the even if you like go with the the first shazam movie having um barry be a billy this time i know every time we talk about shazam i know every time there's a lot of bill b names all right they're bruce billy barry Yeah, like so many. The, the the DC uh writers were not clever with their regular names. Um but with with Billy coming from a not just like the situation he's in, but like you, there's a lot I think you can add to that having him come up as a as a black kid. And I, I think that's there's something really, really cool too about um having more di- that that was also a choice is I, I felt like having more diversity in the the original seven or the big seven or whatever really to me just looks better and i think michael b jordan fits in shazam a lot better than he would somebody something like superman oh yeah um that makes sense. I, I'm I'm still at least curious if, about that Valzad project if it ever happens i at the current rate i don't think so you watch all superman projects not like Clark Kent related will be chopped off, I think. But yeah. Oh, I believe it. Michael B. Jordan is my cyborg. A big prevailing <laughs> part of that was he's already done it before. He voiced yeah. Cyborg in Justice League War and he did a really great job with it. But also, um, there's a lot of facets to Cyborg that you really gotta nail. Uh, and I think Michael B. Jordan is such a strong actor that 
when we need to dwell on the emotional elements of his story of losing basically his entire family and losing his humanity, we can really tap into that. Um, Creed is really showing us Michael B. Jordan's like vulnerable side. I think like when he has, I love is it the first Creed when he has a like complete mental breakdown because he can't get out of his gloves. Like yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. Um, he's got other great performances like Fruitvale Station. I think Michael B. Jordan is just a strong actor, and I think almost more so than the rest of the Justice League, you need a strong actor to play Cyborg because there's so much asked of him with such heavy CG. It's a lot of just facial acting, and he mm-hmm. can have that commanding presence, but also garner a lot of sympathy. Michael B. Jordan is just a fantastic actor, and he he needs to be in every movie ever made. <laughs> Re- recasting the dceu and everyone's michael b jordan i mean um, <laughs> uh my cyborg i definitely was more influenced by the the teen titan show and stuff the, the the animated show not the um the other the, not the titan show uh but <laughs> the i, I it, this is kind of more based on his actual personality than his um some of the characters he's played but i have anthony mackie playing oh uh, dude <laughs> like oh. that's just so like while i agree he's got to have like solid chops and like anthony absolutely does oh yeah but he's got it like cyborg has got to be funny and i'm tired of them not making him funny uh oh. and anthony mackie would absolutely bring that <laughs> I don't think Anthony Mackie wouldn't be embarrassed to say booyah or think it's an insult to say booyah. Not I, not I, I pointing not like pointing that, fingers at anybody, yeah. which I've no literally offense, that actor did pretty well in the role. That being yeah. said, maybe it's just me as a white person. I never understood what the problem with the catchphrase of booyah is. Yeah, like I superheroes agree. have catchphrases. I could absolutely see on the flip side though, Anthony Mackie busted out that booyah like. <laughs> yeah, his falcon is already so sassy like yes oh my gosh that would be fantastic and like like an an adult cyborg with uh his best friend uh like an adult sebastian um, um, stan beast boy i don't hate that idea actually <laughs> I, don't, I don't hate that idea sebastian <laughs> like, stan nightwing we're not casting nightwing <laughs> The problem here's Besides, the here's the problem though. Da, da, da. Here's the problem though. Sebastian Stan is actually Romanian, like Dick Grayson. I hear that. So um, But if we if we were going to, going to cast, nah. If we were going to cast Dick Grayson, I'd, I'd do Simu. To me, that's like that's beyond Don't. perfect. Don't you dare tempt me with something I cannot have. Simu Liu as Nightwing. Just swap out the Shang-Chi outfit for black and blue. Tell me that's like perfect, bro. That's that's so perfect. And I'm really like, I hate you, man. (laughs) Insert the Kevin Garnett uncut gems mean. Why are you showing me something I can't have? Come on. <laughs> oh boy. All right. So we we've done cyborg. Uh let's hit Flash and Aquaman, because I know you said your Flash was a little hard to cast for you. Uh you ain't gonna like my Flash. I'm just... I probably won't. <laughs> and everyone's gonna go, wait, he's in the MCU? Technically, yes. Again, <laughs> like Josh's Tom Hardy post-credit scene, I'm gonna use an actor that 
technically counts because of a post-credit scene. My Flash, played by everyone's favorite, Harry Styles. <laughs> I don't hate that idea. I'm dead serious, and here's why. He's actually been in more and more movies lately and proved that, oh, he's not actually that bad. And I guarantee you he's less of a scumbag than Ezra Miller. Just... Yeah, but that's not hard that's to be. Not that's hard. not hard. Like, <laughs> just don't threaten to murder someone and their wife. Wife. And you're not as bad as Ezra Miller. Uh, but Harry Styles is proving to be a very decent actor. Again, we don't have a vast catalog to pick from yet, but I kind of wanted, again, following the rules that we set up, at least I set up for myself, I kind of wanted someone that I could see a little bit of the Ezra Miller in. Um, the younger side, but not too young. Uh, he clearly has a bright future. Like Christopher Nolan's already worked with him. He looks very interesting in that Don't Worry Darlings movie directed by Olivia Wilde. I think it'd be interesting to this role. Um, my initial reaction was to say Andrew Garfield, but I feel like we've said that and beat that dead horse enough. But you watch, Josh is going to bring that to the table right now. I'm going to beat the actual crap out of that horse. Andrew Garfield for Flash. Let's go. <laughs> I can't like I like that's perfect to me. Um, and what's funny is like the list I was looking at of, act, of like MCU actors and stuff had um Andrew Garfield's picture right next to um uh, uh oh geez Glover, uh, Donald Glover. Yeah, sorry, I don't know why I missed like his first name like but and like there was a part of me that was like oh bro like like he Andrew could be like Flash and like Donald Glover could be like the like uh oh geez. The other the 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 brother. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm yeah I'm blanking. It's like not not impulse, but like Kid Flash. Yeah. Anyway, so I just late breaking news. We won't add it to our. We won't add it to the background news. We'll just kind of leave it as is. Oh yeah. But supposedly, let me go back and find it. Supposedly, the reason why Batgirl was canceled is if Warner Brothers Discovery takes a tax write-down for the Batgirl, they'll never be able to release the film through a monetizationable method. This means they will not legally... They, this means they will legally not be allowed to release the film on HBO Max and theaters or sell it to another studio. So basically, they made Batgirl and they canceled it so it could be a tax write-off. Uh, uh, so anyway, now that I'm like even more sad about that... I mean, they have a lot of debt, but still, that looks real sketch. That looks super sketch if that's true. And that's like, that's like you're using, that's a, that's a whole convert. That's a box of Pandora I don't want to deal with. Mm. Let's get talked about something really cool, like uh, Andrew Garfield playing <laughs> Barry Allen. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Of course, I just, of course. I, to me, it's a, that, that's a layup to me. I like, that's just easy. Um, the build's right. The ca the characterization is right. He's added to like, just like him as Peter Parker, just put that in a flash suit. Like that's perfect. Oh yeah. Now my Aquaman. Yeah. I'm, I definitely went a different route than Jason Momoa, but I kind of wanted to still kind of get that, um, rougher side to him. So Josh might need to Google this at the same time to kind of see what I see in him. Uh, U.S. agent Wyatt Russell from Falcon and a Winter Soldier. But, Josh, Google him, but look him up with the beard. 
I think the beard is a big factor in this when I looked him up because with the beard, he looks exactly like New 52 Aquaman. Like the Jeff Johns run. I hear that. I just, I just, I, I think I'm more like, I just don't like him as an actor. Uh, I, but maybe Did that's just do me. I don't know. He's got a two... job though. Did he do that good of a job in Falcon and Soldier that you hated him? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I kind of still stuck along the lines of, of Momoa, but like leaned into uh, OG Aquaman with the hook and the long blonde hair and the beard. Uh, and went with Chris Hemsworth for Aquaman. <laughs> I can see that. They're very similar characters. They are. And I just, I feel that just because of Thor, like, it did, I feel like that's an easy kind of plug and play on that. And Aquaman's very hard to cast if he's not like Momoa to me, at least. Because I feel, feel like without the goofiness and like without like the bro like so the surfer bro feel there is definitely like, like this. All right. This, they're taking this too seriously. Like, and I think Chris Hemsworth did absolutely really work with that. Moving on to wonder woman. I'm, I'm curious. You said you had some issues with your wonder woman. Who did you cast for wonder woman? I mean, I had some issues. Um, and then I was going through some of the females that I've, that I've, you know, worked in the MCU. Um, and then I saw her and was like, why didn't I think of her before? Uh, Lady Sif, Jamie Alexander. Dang, that's the right which answer. Is, <laughs> which is hilarious that now after the Loki series, having uh, her Steve Trevor be Tom Hiddleston would be this the funniest, like, it's like the love story that could never happen. Uh, but yeah, like, yeah, Jamie Alexander as uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah, why yeah. not? Absolutely. She's basically Wonder Woman in the, in the Thor movies. Yeah, that's why <laughs> Jamie Alexander was one of the first people that I went with, because Lady Sif already is very much just Wonder Woman. Um, yeah, I think it's just, it's right there. It's super easy. Don't fix what's not broken. Uh, I mean, DC's broken, but whatever. Um, this is... Yeah, it's just easy. It's just super easy layup. Now, for what for me was by far the hardest by a wide margin. This is very difficult. And even then, my Superman is not one that I'm like tied to. I thought of a couple different people. Yeah. At one point, I thought if he could bulk up, Chris Evans could be interesting. And I think that's more of just because of how he played Captain America, being the, mm -hmm. the good Boy Scout. But in the end, I went with someone that, in the MCU has already been portrayed as a Superman type. And that is from the Eternals, Richard Madden, AKA Icarus. God, come on, is man. It? Both of us, both of us were like, dude, I don't know who else to do. Might as well do the guy that's basically <laughs> already Superman. Like with Richard Madden. Cause like, I mean, to his credit, he does have a good like Superman esque look to him. Um, he, he, albeit that he was kind of a villain in um, in the Eternals, like it, it he still has a. Eh, it's okay, Zack Snyder Superman is kind of a villain anyway. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, a, it could work. I, I definitely like Superman and Batman were relatively hard for me to cast, just because they, like we said before, there's a lot of these characters characters kind of have like weird requirements on them and like it's hard to fit somebody in those roles without actually seeing them in those roles i mean 
to be fair, like Robert Pattinson, while I was like super for the for that decision because he's a fantastic actor, um, it was hard for me to be like, oh yeah, no, that's Batman. Like you know, that's not an automatic thing. You had to see them in the stuff. So like, I think that's why like Richard Madden for uh, for both of us apparently was the easiest. Like, yeah, I guess yeah. Let's just go with that. <laughs> now, lastly, the big one. Yes. Who's your Batman? Uh. The best chin and butt in the biz, Chris Evans. <laughs> You're processing there, buddy. You okay? <laughs> Chris Evans. You, you should yeah. you pick the right Chris? Chris? Yeah. Evans. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you're going to need to explain that one. I do. He. I feel like. I think for me, uh, it's kind of like whenever um, they had, oh my gosh, I'm awful with names today. And the Dark Knight trilogy with, um, oh geez, the guy that played Batman in in Dark Knight trilogy. Um, Christian Bale? Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I'm blanking out. Bad brain day, guys. Bad brain day. Um, We swear he doesn't wrestle anymore. I swear. Actually, what's really funny is I did like I I smacked my head getting into the car the other day. I like well, the stupidest things did happen. But like and honestly, like if it wasn't me, it would have been somebody would, would just been like, oh, oh, that hurt. That was stupid. But I, I sat in the car for a minute like, OK, brain, don't explode. Don't 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 <laughs> explode. Like, <laughs> but to me, I, I feel like I see Chris Evans as a, a pretty good Bruce Wayne. I that suave Dapaner from from Knives Out to some of his other characters, um, and like in the Gray Man, to me, he's got a perfect Bruce Wayne, and I think, given that he's got the physicality for it, I I don't see him not having to stretch very hard to be a really good Batman. So, I don't I don't see the Chris Evans thing, but maybe I just I don't think we've ever seen him go to that dark place like i don't just i don't see him as a darkness no parents <laughs> fair this guy took us long enough to get here but it's no country for old batman josh brolin as batman <laughs> because josh brolin is just a grumpy old man and that's exactly what snyder's um batman is he's just a grumpy that's man that's fair. just over it like josh brolin please don't kill josh because i said that uh but josh brolin seems like a guy that does not want to be there in the best possible way it's not like a bill murray or harrison ford where they just are there for the money but josh brolin like is scary and that he doesn't want to be there he looks dark and mysterious also he looks like he could crush your skull and that's exactly what Batman does in Zack Snyder's movies. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, th- fair. I think Josh Boehm would be perfect for that Ben Affleck era version of uh, Batman of like a darker, more griddle, griddled. Wow, neither of us can talk today. Good <laughs> We're putting pancakes on him? That's crazy. Yes, Batman is going to griddle his enemies and pancake <laughs> them with the car. See, I can turn Watch any out, phrase. Condiment. I just can't speak. <laughs> Watch out, Condiment King. We've got Josh Brolin, Brolin the Griddler. <laughs> Say that. 
But I yes. would pay good money to have a new Batman villain called the Griddler, and his arch enemy is Condiment King because copyright infringement. Like, I love that. I I, I really I really would love that. But Josh Brolin, I, I, in general, I want to see Condiment King in like just just show up at all. Period. Yeah, but that being said, we could absolutely see Josh Brolin busting someone's kneecaps in. And just go into town on some fools that are in a warehouse. I could absolutely see Josh Brolin being a leader of the Justice League. He's terrifying. Again, he's got that grim, take everything seriously like he did with Cable. But I think he'd be a great Batman. Uh, any last minute ones, Josh? No, man, I'm chill. I, I think it, it, especially if you were looking for Thomas Wayne, Josh Brolin would be perfect, too. Ooh. Um yeah. Just saying. Uh, but yeah, there, I I think the only one that I like really, really wish was true uh, was I really like Jonathan Majors as Joker. And I can't like there's just so much that I can see happening. Um, the yeah, there's it was a lot of fun, honestly, doing this because like there's a lot of different ways we can take things. And uh, I think you definitely like leaned harder into Snyder's version of things. And I was like, you know what? If we can just do any version of these characters possible, then I'm not, that's what I'm going to do. And that's uh, why it so, like, it's different. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, it was really fun. I, I'm really proud of our lists. Well, what do you guys <laughs> think? If you could recast the DC universe only with MCU actors, who would you slot in the given positions that we put out today? Let us know in the comments below. It was like here for me, guys. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube at Uncharted Media. Help us get to 700 subscribers before the end of the year. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.